All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Gal Pal Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where I help you understand why he screams at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalPal and, of course, in SportsGalPal.com. And gals and pals, I learned a big lesson this week. And it's been a while since I've done this segment, um, but it was really, really interesting week last week. I had one of the worst weeks of my life. And no, it's not because UVA lost once again on the road. It was because my husband um, at 37 had a stroke. Now, it was a mini stroke. He will be fine. He had to spend several days in the hospital. He still can't move his right hand or his right wrist. And the lesson in this, particularly to my men out there, is that when your wife your girlfriend, your sister, your mom, you know, your girl, best gal pal tells you, hey, something's wrong with your body. Get it checked out. Listen to her because we're right. Because here's what happens. If you don't do that, you will be in the hospital and you will have all these women coming to visit you and going, we told you so. You don't ever want to have that many women telling you, you told you so. Trust me on this. You can ask my husband because he had like 20 of us including his wife. And y'all know I'm crazy. So he's on the mend. I want to say thank you so much, everyone um, who reached out. I didn't really put on Twitter, but I did put it on Facebook, um, not on the Sports Gal Pop page, but on my private profile and those who are friends with me. Listen, I just want to give a big shout out. The podcast community was great. Um, so thank you guys so much. And I do want to give a shout out real quick to Amy from Blog Talk Radio. She was amazing. So um, I had to cancel guests and do all that stuff. So anyway, it was it was it was nice to see I have a village and that the village is ready to rock out with a sports gal ball. Okay, back to our regular scheduled program. So my guest today, it's a really interesting story. So he's actually been one of my biggest supporters since the very beginning of my podcast. He is this kind of cool sports mogul. I don't think he realizes he's a sports mogul, but he is. Um, because you guys see me retweet all the time the stuff from the AOSN, the All Out Sports Network. Well, the kid behind it is on the podcast today because he just launched his own. I'm super excited to have him on and to talk sports. So it's Alexandro um, Zatarain, and he is from the AOSN. And Alexandro, welcome to the Sports Gal Pal. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. And honestly, uh, for me, it's kind of an honor to be on here. You know, uh, like you said, I've seen you uh, since the beginning. And to know that I'm able to get onto your podcast now is just really exciting for me. That's right, because you've come on after Adnan. So, you know, that's a big deal. <laughs> hey, and it's going to be kind of hard to uh, top that one. Well, he's kind of in his own category, to be honest. He was very charming. Even my mom, who doesn't ever listen to any of my episodes, she's like, that Adnan was just adorable. I'm like, I know, he really was. Oh, yeah, he, he, he was great. I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. It was awesome. That's great. All right. So, Alexandro, I'm going to ask you what I ask all my guests. And I think you've been ready for this question since we put this interview. How'd you get into sports? It's kind of weird because um, growing up, because my family's originally from Southern California, from uh, the San Diego area. So, naturally, we're Padres and Chargers fans. So, as I grew up, I guess you can say I kind of followed them loosely, but once I got into my teens, I really became attached to the Chargers. And every Sunday, every Sunday uh, afternoon, I'd be stuck to the TV watching football, and 
I guess I would say it was more when I turned 13, 14. You know, once you teenagers start talking trash to each other, be like, oh, my team's better than yours. So it gave me a reason to start watching more and more. And now I've just been so stuck with it. And launching a website has allowed me to uh, see sports in a broader view. So I enjoy sports a lot a lot more now since I started, started working on the website. So uh, basically that just, I guess you can say, it was all mainly for trash talk. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, nothing wrong with that. That's one of the better things about sports. And I think that's one of those things that non-sports fans don't really get that the trash talk is a is an element in itself that, you know, especially when your team's really good and you can trash talk your rivals. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. And and unfortunately, the Chargers <laughs> weren't very hot this year. So uh, the trash talk was at a very minimum. But um, still, uh, being able to watch and talk sports to other people and you know sometimes banter you know with friends and especially during those rivalry matchups because being from southern california but i live in an la market um a lot of my friends are either raiders or rams fans so you know naturally i'm going to be talking trash to those raiders fans but it's all good fun and uh i enjoy it yeah, speaking of Rams, they're coming back to L.A. Um, do you think that the Chargers got a stay of execution, or is it pretty much they're going to be gone, too? Um, it's very interesting because um, Dean Spanos, the owner of the San Diego Chargers, it, the ball is in his court right now, and it's become very apparent that both he and Stan Kroenke don't like each other very much, so being able to work that out will be really difficult. And also with the Raiders wanting to look at San Antonio, which is just mind-boggling to me, um, it gives the Chargers the opportunity to either take that L.A. market or if the Raiders move to San Antonio or stay put in Oakland, the Chargers can easily stay in San Diego because they won't have that threat of losing that that small L.A. market. Like When I say small, it means the Chargers don't have much to win there. They really don't. Yeah, I mean, LA sports in general is just an odd, odd thing because it's kind of the same situation with Miami and Florida. I often joke in the baseball season that the Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins are where good baseball players go to die. And their um, weird, like, dolphin, like, thing in the outfield is really the opening for a hellmouth. It's true. It is true. Um, but, you know, and honestly, a lot of times, you know, people are transplants in the area um, and it's there's a lot of nice things to do. So you have like University of Miami games. Granted, they were terrible this year or the Marlins games. They were terrible this year. The Dolphins fans. Wait, they were terrible this year. The Heat fans, even when they're good, people leave early. So, you know, I mean, there's just that's just the way it goes. And I feel like it's Southern is so- SoCal the same way. It really is, um, especially in the case for San Diego, which is why it's become so difficult for the Chargers to build a new new stadium and that why they've had trouble getting a big crowd to their stadiums. Why That's why every home game seems like an away game. Uh, San Diego is full of transplants. But the here's the really curious thing about Los Angeles is the fact that, like, we can easily talk about the Lakers and Clippers situation where the Lakers, of course, they have their championships. They're, they're, the, they're LA's team no matter what. But... The Clippers, who just so happen to play in the same arena, Staples Center, are basically a tenant there. They're they're second place to the Lakers, and right now the Lakers suck. The Lakers absolutely suck, and the Clippers are still going to be considered the second place team because L.A. is so used to championships and that 
winning that winning you know it's that's all they're used to and when they don't have a team that's not winning like the clippers 6 7 years ago nobody wanted to be their fans and even to this point they're winning they're selling out games but once they regress it'll be the same story all over again yeah and really honestly basketball california its capital is in san francisco let's be honest oh uh, right right now yeah basketball is a uh, Really big in the Bay Area right now, you know, with those Golden State Warriors on fire. They they did lose their fourth game this past weekend to the Detroit Pistons, but they're just so good right now. How how can you not like Steph Curry and that team? It's they're just incredible. Yeah, it's it's really cool to watch, and it's been really cool to watch too. Your site. So um, let let's go back to June, May, June when I was launching Sports Gal Pal. I get a random tweet from a guy. I don't even know if the guy is now still even a part of your guys' network. And he goes, I'm looking for writers, and I like you. I'm going to push you on to this other dude. I'm like, whatever. I completely ignore it, to be perfectly honest with you. All, all of a sudden, it was like a full-court press on the sports gal pal. I had like four guys messaging me about this one site. I'm like, what in the world? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it was, it was very flattering for me. Because I'm going, I'm like a 35-year-old like soccer mom. You know, and all these like young guys are going, hey, come, come hang out and talk about sports with us. I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, actually, um, that guy doesn't work with us anymore. Uh, very messy situation that turned out of that, but it happens. Yeah, it, it definitely happens in business. But um, so, of course, he's he was messaging you, and then he messaged me. He's like, "Oh, this person supposedly has this interest." Whatever he told me, and so that's when I ended up messaging you, and we started talking. And of course, he didn't join us, but I kept in contact and. As I checked out your website, or yeah, you have your website and your podcast. So I began listening and reading your stuff. And it wasn't just the content itself. It was the idea behind it. Like Sports Gal Pal, what you do is just so unique. And I really, really enjoyed it that I just thought, you know what? This is somebody I want to work with. This is somebody that I know has an idea. They know what they're doing. And it was just, uh, I thought it was a match made. I, I thought it was just amazing. No, I like it. I like the partnership. I don't feel like I'm utilizing it fully like I need to, um, but I've been a little busy the last couple of months. It's been crazy, oh, yeah. you know, and now that you're in the podcast space, because the AOSN just launched their own podcast, which I'm like super thrilled for you guys, because I know the amount of work that goes into launching a podcast. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Like, what's the direction? Like, is it going to be, because I know what my show is. My show is really unique in that it's me really talking about fan stories. I mean, that's ultimately what my show is really about. But for you, being a brand new podcast, you may have an idea of what you want to do right now. And six months from now, you'll look back and go, whoa, things have changed. Because that happened to me. Like, I thought I was going to be talking to, like, moms and wives. Like, this is why your husband's crazy. I really need to change my show opener, my, the way, what I say. Because, you know, the guys who are talking to me already know they're crazy sports fans. It's, it's an odd thing. Oh, well, well you know what? It, for us... Um... I'm still, honestly, I'm still thinking of what direction I want to take. But as of right now, I'm going and talking about some of the bigger topics um, in sports. So right now, um, I just published a new podcast, talked about the NFL playoffs, uh, what I thought about the games this past weekend, um, who I think is going to win in the title games. Also talked about the Golden State Warriors and how uh, the fourth loss could be a wake-up call for them. 
and just you know just a lot of a uh, opinion on it and keeping it simple they're they're 20 30 minute podcasts um i'm still trying to find my groove in it but we also want to be able to provide podcasts in uh specific sports so we do plan on launching another five podcasts within the next month oh my god yeah <laughs> oh my god wow Okay, that just took my breath away. God bless you. <laughs> Are they all hosted by you? No, actually, um, we already have uh, one guy that's going to start an MMA podcast. Because we, if, if you follow the AOSN, we don't do much MMA, which really disappoints me. But sometimes it's really difficult to find uh, writers in that niche. Yeah, it is. And so... We thought, you know what, a podcast would be really good for us because since we don't have the writing, we should just get the podcast going, have that circulate, so then we have the content there. So um, we have an NBA one that we just started. Uh, we we just started it. Um, our NBA head uh, Riley Allen is doing the SWAT Squad, so we're really excited about that. Um, and we're still in talks for. A soccer podcast, uh, maybe uh, the baseball podcast coming as the season comes around, and maybe a NFL one, even though the season's coming to an end. Yeah, well, let's let's be clear. The NFL never ends. It's an endless cycle because already I'm getting reports like Green Bay's finally realizing and announcing, yes, we don't like fat Eddie Lacy either. I'm like, no, you shouldn't because we should not be celebrating him only getting 89 rushing yards in a game. Um, you know, granted it was against Arizona defense and that's fantastic defense, but I'm going, I, you know, it was fat Eddie Lacy this year. So, yes. No, I think that's great. I think, you know, in niching it down, like, again, I'm kind of lucky because I get to, like, it's kind of like you. It's more topical and it, I can do wide range but sometimes that's a little like it's it's troubling so no i'm i'm super excited to see that and i love the articles i've got <laughs> this one writer of yours um oh my phone's ringing oh my gosh that's so <laughs> trying to use it i never don't normally ever i'm on my phone um when i'm um podcasting but i wanted to pull up the tweet but it's one of your writers <laughs> hold on let me pull up twitter duh i've got my laptop my desktop <laughs> yeah see i'm a professional podcaster gang um let's say and it's not even up right now um but yeah i have sometimes your writers will send me directly like hey <laughs> read this article sports galpa it's really flattering i think like you guys do that like you encourage that like it's a lot of fan interaction your readers are really part of your site and it's been amazing to see that and a lot of sites don't do that yeah, actually, that's one of the big things we push because um, if you notice, it's really hard to get people to go read your stuff, go check it out. And we tell them, hey, go tell your friends, go tell uh, uh, local news uh, pers personalities. There's always an opportunity. Twitter is probably the best tool out there in social media because you can directly send things to people. So we push that onto our writers, we tell them, hey, there's always possibilities. Even uh, we've gotten uh, public interaction with athletes, personalities, um, and it's been great for us. It's That's how we've uh, really been able to grow. And funny enough, um, when we first started our Twitter uh, account, which was back, I think, early 2014, we got a shout-out from Dennis Rodman. So, wow, uh, yeah, we it's it's... Twitter's amazing. So we, we tell them, give it a shot. 
people will read your stuff and hopefully they do and maybe they share it they like it you know it's it's if you don't give it a shot then it's not going to happen yeah, exactly. And that's the thing with, with this site that I love. So it, it's a site where I feel like, again, if you are an aspiring sports writer, and I want to be really clear, it wasn't that I didn't want to write for you guys. I was worried. I, I sometimes don't have time to write for my own site. So then to add you guys on it too, I felt like, oh, the pressure, the pressure. It probably actually I should do that just because... Um, you know, <laughs> just because it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, it would force me to have deadlines. Deadlines are good kids. You want deadlines, gals and pals. Um, but it's, I love the stuff you guys write because it's everything. It's just fantastic. Like, again, I love this article. It was on um, the writer less. Um, he, uh-huh. he's so funny. He goes, I, I sent, I sent another article to you and you tweeted it. So I'm going to see if you'll do it again. I'm like, sure. If you ask me I'll, nicely. And so <laughs> he talks about, you know, how sabermetrics are you over, overutilized in baseball analysis, which I totally agree with. Um, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that you give freedom to talk about kind of things, maybe niche it down to where, you know, ESPN isn't going to cover that. They just really are. Or if they do, it's going to be like a longer piece in ESPN, ESPN magazine and you're only going to get like once and it's not for the fans, fans perspective. So I think what you guys are doing is awesome. So I'm going to gush over you a minute. And again, it does help that you guys have been seriously my biggest fans. Yeah, we, we've, like I said, we totally enjoy your stuff. And I tell my guys, you know what, go follow her, share her stuff because it's unique. It's great, super solid. And if I didn't really genuinely feel that way, I wouldn't tell them. So um, it's, it's something that I think other people would really benefit from listening to because it's really enjoyable and you see a perspective from a different side. And just, just like our writing, it it's different and I think we're both really on the same page and on the same route, really. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the world of sports is changing, too. I feel like, again, because of Twitter, because the walls between the fan and the team, the fan and the athlete are crumbling. Like, it's really easy to get athletes to interact with you. Um, You know, it doesn't happen every day. Sometimes you have to harass them a little bit, but you can get them to interact. Um, You can get insight into them. You can get insight into, into the teams. And I felt like that's really changed a lot. Yeah, it has. And and funny enough, uh, talking about uh, breaking that barrier, um, a, about a year and a half ago, I was able to meet up with an ex-charger right down the street from school because I'm a student at UC San Diego. And um, I was at home. It was actually finals week. I had a f- final for a Mexican history class due that day. And I just so happened to be on Twitter and uh, an ex-offensive lineman, uh, Antonio Gray, he uh, was tweeting. He's like, oh, what's up, San Diego? What you guys up to? And I told him, uh, I'm just uh, writing this paper, you know? And he's like, oh, man, good luck. Um, if you, Basically, in the end, uh, he's all like, I, I wouldn't mind buying you a coffee, man. You know, you're doing hard work. Uh, if, you're not, if you're free later, uh, we can meet up. So what do you know? He's uh, right down the street from school. And he's like, yeah, I'm right over here at this Starbucks. And I just ran to my car and wanted to go meet with him, sat with him for about an hour and a half just talking about football, you know, life in general. And it was just one of those experiences that was just one of a kind. And that's all thanks to Twitter being able to break that barrier. Wait a minute. Okay. But did you actually still take your exam or your test that you needed to do? Oh, oh yeah, I did. I did. I did turn that in. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make sure. Priorities, kids. Uh, Because I'm sure your parents are like, whoa, wait a minute. It's great that you met this guy. But So, yeah. So you just met him like in a conversation. He could have been like catfishing you. Yeah, like maybe, it, it, maybe uh, I'm a woman, and I feel like that way. 
What was that? Maybe because I'm a girl. I'm going, wait a minute. I don't meet strange men in coffee shops. Oh, no. It, it was a... Uh, luckily, it was his verified account. So I was able to meet him. And um, and like I said, I did finish that paper. I was able to turn it in. And it was just one of those experiences that I knew I couldn't uh, miss. Because it it's not every day when you could just meet up at a Starbucks with a football player. You know, one that you watched on TV. And... It was just incredible. Interesting, interesting. So where do you want this to go? I mean, you know, you've already done some pretty cool things. You guys are branching out. You guys have some of the best soccer coverage I've ever seen. And I'm not a soccer girl at all. But you guys do have some really intensive soccer coverage. So you guys are doing that. You're adding the podcast. Where else are you going to go with this? That's a very good question. And we're, we're still trying to figure it out. Um, we're trying to take it one step at a time. But there. One thing that I've seen with my team is that when we see that there's a big opportunity, um, we tend to start leaning towards it and then just take it. Take it. But um, as you already know, we network with other websites, and that's one of the big things I really want to focus on is being able to create this web and this uh, uh, opportunity for other bloggers like both uh, me and yourself to uh, grow our content, to grow our, um, our following. And that's one of the things I actually really enjoy is being able to do that is uh, grow popularity for other websites. And basically that's my main goal is being able to do that for more and more websites. And as for the website in general, it's, it's uh, still a work in progress. Um, there's over 50 staff members so I don't know if we want to keep adding or, you know, uh, see where we go from there. But in general, wherever it takes us, you know, I'll be happy. You know, I, I feel like we've had some success. So right now it's it's really up in the air, which sometimes that doesn't sound like a very good idea. But um, that's just how we've always kind of done it, where we just slowly take it one step at a time. No, I don't, I don't blame you for that. All right. So let's go back to current topics right now. I know you've already gone over on your own podcast, NFL, what happened last, this past weekend, but we got to talk about it. Uh, first off, can we talk about really quick how amazing I love Larry Fitzgerald? Um, <laughs> I oh, love man. the season he's had. He's had such the best season. I'm so happy for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I, I was not expecting him to do this well, but them staying healthy. Bruce Arians is amazing. The whole organization, but just the those last couple plays with just just ridiculously so so good. It that game was just so. I guess you can say up and down. It was just so many twists and turns, where when you just look at what Larry Fitzgerald did at the end of that game after basically their defense giving up two really long passes from Aaron Rodgers to Janice, one being on a fourth and long and then the touchdown with as time expired for Larry Fitzgerald. And, and you know what? All of that was all done with experience. He knew where he was at on that long pass that let, helped, helped, uh, let them go all the way down to the five. He got the pass, served, uh, checked out the field, and just took it. He just, that run was just so incredible. And yeah, his, this season has just been, he's 32 years old. Nobody would have expected him to do this well. He's had 1,200 yards this season. Just incredible. And for him to pull that off was just turning back the clock. 
Yeah, it really was. It really was. And not only that, but then also on the other side of that game, Green Bay and just how it was like they were down to like, I don't even know where they found some of their wide receivers at this point, because once Cobb got hurt, I was like, ooh, this is going to be a tough game. And they still managed to almost pull it out. I mean, they, you know, always find a way to almost win or win. But I feel like uh, I'm going to say it. And you can disagree with me. I don't think Mike McCarthy should stay there. Maybe I'm just in a coaching firing mode because I wanted Chip <laughs> Kelly gone all season. No one is surprised by that. And Mike London. Seriously, football was not kind to me this year. You know this. Uh, <laughs> it was not. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like they've reached a plateau. I don't think that they're going to push through anymore um, with that team. And something's got to change. And, and you know what? I don't blame you. Uh, he did win a Super Bowl with them, of course. But since then, they have kind of plateaued where they can only get to the playoffs, and that's just about it. And there's so much talent on that team. They should be able to do a lot better. Uh, they should have gone to at least one more Super Bowl. They did have last year where they kind of gave up a game that they had sealed against the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC cha- – was it the NFC Championship? It was. Yeah, and that was just – just some magic by Seattle, really. Um, but I do agree with you. And also, back to what you said earlier about Eddie Lacy, I, I'm on that boat with you. I don't, I don't understand how hyped up he is. I really don't. He, he's a good runner. He's a strong runner. He tends to be very resilient. But I, he's talk, he, people talk about him like if he's a top three running back, which <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Not even in the NFC. No. Oh yeah, my gosh. No. no. Okay. Let's let's. No, that's interesting. Who is saying that? Who in the world is saying that? Well, I would. I've always felt that, especially more like when when you go around uh, Facebook group pages, you know, and it's like, oh man. Uh, Facebook group it, pages are scary. Oh, they are, and that's why I try to avoid them. I I, I only check them out just to see uh, what people think about certain topics and stuff like that. So I don't really do much commenting. <laughs> no, I don't even go in them anymore. Like I think I'm a, I'm a member of an ACC group. They're actually somewhat reasonable. Um, it's mainly UVA fans though. So maybe that's why I find them reasonable. Um, but, no, we have others too. And every once in a while I see them say like something and I'm like, whoa, we allow those people in our group. Great. Okay. Um, but yeah, the NFL ones, I mean, there was one where literally, I mean, I, everyone who listens to my podcast knows I curse. I'm very, very offensive sometimes. These things made me blush. Some of the things that they were saying. And I'm like, okay. And it was nonsense. Like absolute, utter nonsense. And I'm just going, if you're going to, like, we talked about this with the whole, you know, you started your fandom really by, by wanting to trash talk. If you're going to trash talk, do it well. Do it really, really well. You know, have facts and figures to back up. I'll never forget. This is a good lesson for you. Um, Jay Soderbergh, who's my podcasting mentor, and he's amazing. Um, and I'm very lucky to work with him. Yay, Pod Vader. So um, I think, I th- God, is there a podcast ever where I get through where I don't mention Jay Soderbergh? Probably not. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> he told me when I first started working with him, he was like, you know, you can have your opinion so long as you have the facts to back it up. And, th- and there's the difference. And you can tell the difference between this year's Eddie Lacey and last year's Eddie Lacey is huge. Again, when we were surprised that he only, you know, when we're happy he gets 89 rushing yards, I'm like, no, he should be in the hundreds, like each game. Like he was their main running back. No, he's definitely not top three running back. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. And, and I definitely agree with you. It's his rookie season was very good. I still think it's my personal bias because 
Keaton Allen had himself an amazing rookie year and he lost rookie of the year to Eddie Lacy. I still think Keenan Allen was more than deserving of that award. But now in, into his third season, Eddie Lacy only picked up just over 700 some odd yards. And yeah, he's there. His he's the number one running back and he played 15 games this season. So I don't understand why he's so hyped up, especially after this season. Yeah. Last two seasons, he was able to break a thousand, but he's not a top three back. No way. No, I don't think so. I mean, seriously, the only other uh, running back that was more disappointing was all of them on the Philadelphia offense, but that was Chip Kelly's fault. Oh yeah. That, that was really a uh, interesting situation. How, how, Last off season was just they signed Ryan Matthews, who was uh, San Diego's trash already, and apparently, you know what? And and I'll admit he did have there were moments where he did have very good games for Philadelphia, but because he's so injury prone, he wasn't able to keep that up. And then you have Demarco Murray, who has his injury problems, and that whole situation was just a mess. The only one that I can find con- consistent is uh, Darren Sproles. Yes, but he's also really good on third down and special teams play. Let's, I mean, that's what he's limited to. He's not there all the time. He's not carrying the load like a DeMarco Murray should or a Ryan Matthews. Yeah. Again, there's not enough podcast time in the world for me to go into. And you've probably heard (laughs) me bemoan the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sure Galpin Nation's like, we're tired of it. I don't care. I'm still like bitter and upset. Um, But I, you know, it's funny. I was um, watching. You know, Andy Reid in the playoffs this past couple weeks, and my heart was going pitter patter. You know, kind of like an ex girlfriend or an ex boyfriend, and you look at them, you're like, "Why did I break up with you? You're actually really hot and sexy, and you, <laughs> you know, you win games and and consistency, and life was good. You understood the beautifulness of good running backs like Brian Westbrook and Lashawn McCoy, and you never would have gotten rid of Djax. No, you wouldn't have. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. But then he pulls what he pulled in New England with his time clock management. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I broke up with you. Yeah. That's why. See, that happened this week. So I was like, I'm so sorry, Chiefs fans. Told you this would happen. Yeah, it was a... They put up a very strong game, but after halftime, I really didn't feel that they were in this game at all. It was was still relatively close, and if I'm correct, it ended up being a 27-20 game. But... It didn't feel like a 27-20 game. Yeah, yeah. It really did not. Yeah, it felt more like a 27 to 10 game, really. Yes. It, at that point, they they were able to just keep themselves close enough to kind of give themselves a chance. But the if you march into Gillette Stadium, it's very, very hard, especially in January. Um, and then Andy Reid and Alex Smith not being able to snap on time, not checking the clock was just just so much waste of time for them. And l- like you said, now it, it kind of reminds you of when he was with Philly. It, he was just making those dumb mistakes. And come playoff time, you really can't do that, especially when you're down. So it's Kansas City. Big congrats to them for having an 11-game winning streak. It was just incredible. But in the end, they lost in the divisional round no title for them. And I'm okay with that. You know, being a Chargers fan, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> so are you pulling for Patriots to win against Broncos this weekend? Uh, emotionally, yes. But <laughs> but I actually did pick the Broncos to beat them. 
Uh, interesting. I I worry. I feel like Peyton's arm is going to fall off at any moment. I, I just look at him going, oh, my God, you're so old. And you're held together by <laughs> paper and glue. And I feel the same way. But Brock Osweiler is a very good uh, backup. He's he's solid. Um, but the good thing about Peyton, Peyton Manning is that, like how he showed this past weekend against the Steelers, he doesn't make he's not making mistakes. Have touchdowns. He didn't have interceptions, which is the single most important thing in that game, because is one interception could have changed the whole game for them. But um, he didn't make mistakes. Uh, he was able to give his running game a chance to score for him. So if he can keep that up against the Patriots' defense, I think they have a very solid chance, and they're playing at home. So I I do feel that they have a very good chance. Their defense is incredible, fast, physical. Reminds me a lot of that Seattle defense. And I really do think they have a legitimate chance at beating the Patriots and having Peyton Manning get one more shot at the Super Bowl. I saw an interesting fact, um, and I told about it. I was on Next Fan Up last night. And I told this fact, since 2003, in the AFC has been represented in the Super Bowl by either Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, or Manning, with the exception of Joe Flacco that one year for the Ravens. Ever since then, it's been either Ben or Brady or Manning. That's incredible. It really is. And they've all given us some of the greatest Super Bowls that we'll even remember. Like uh, when, uh, unfortunately, Peyton Manning lost to the Saints, but that was a legendary game that final pick six was just I still remember that so so fresh in my mind um then we also have uh his victory against the Bears which I, I know sometimes people don't want to say that it was great because there was Rex Grossman who was the starting quarterback for the Bears at that time but they had a great defense led by Brian Urlacher and it was just an incredible game then we have the two Super Bowls between the Giants and the Patriots, you know, the, the first matchup between them be, uh, being 19-0 uh, and that David Tyree catch is just, some of those Super Bowls were just incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're legendary, you know, I mean, that's the thing they've been involved with them so much. So looking at the NFC side, this is the matchup I've wanted all season. Both of these teams, Carolina and Arizona, holy cow, just like the best um, um, football that I've seen in such a long time. And the NFC, for the most part, has been garbage with the exception of these two teams. I'll say it. I'll admit it because I'm an NFC girl and it's been bad. It's been really bad football. Look at the NFC East. It's terrible. When we make <laughs> Washington look like competent. Something has gone terribly wrong in the universe. Um, but this is the matchup I really wanted to see. I love some Cam Newton. I just think the world of him, I think he's terrific. Um, they played really well that first half against Seattle. And then I don't know what happened. So here's what happened. So Sunday, um, again, because my husband came home from the hospital. And so I watched a little bit of the game. We got him home, watched a little bit of the game, fixed him lunch. And then I left to go to Target to get prescriptions filled. So I was hanging out at the coffee shop, texting some people. And then all of a sudden I saw on Twitter, like Seattle all of a sudden woke up and Carolina. I'm like, whoa. So I get in the car, get all the stuff I need and get in the car. And I'm driving home and I'm listening to the um, game on the radio. And Cam Newton got caught saying an F-bomb on... um, 
air. I was like, and the and the Nets go, we have to start. We have to apologize for that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that actually happened. But that's just shows the frustration he was feeling at that moment. I mean, and and that concerns me a lot with Carolina, just because they still are very young. Um, whereas you know, granted, Carson Palmer doesn't have that playoff experience, but that age, um, and Larry Fitzgerald, you know, I'm kind of going. I'm wondering if it's going to be age over youth over this one, but this is the match. This is the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Like this is the Super Bowl. Yeah, this is, and I'll be honest with you. This is also a game that I really look forward to, and I think most of the NFL has looked forward to this matchup. And yeah, that that game was a bit worrisome for Carolina. You know, they got up to a thirty-one lead, a thirty-one zero lead at halftime, and then they gave up twenty-four points in the second half, and their offense got shut out. But also we can't we can't forget who their opponent was, and it was the Seattle Seahawks who have just been incredible the last four years, and they're just a magical team. Um, you can say that the Panthers did get a little bit uh, comfortable uh, once uh, the second half came around, but I wouldn't really say it's anything to be worried about right now. But they the thing about Arizona is that they have several options on offense you know fitzgerald brown and floyd oh and They'd, johnson let's not forget him oh, oh my yeah. god Stud. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely and they have a very good offense and a great defense one that can match up fairly well with that of carolina but with how to to put this in simple terms this Carolina team is one that really feeds off of their crowd. That they, they, they just have something that's so special that the only time you really see this is maybe in Seattle. But their fans are just so loud, so passionate. And I feel that Carson Palmer, and like you said, he doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. And I believe this was his first playoff victory in his career. I believe so too, yes. Yeah, and... The dude's old. <laughs> the the well, dude's been around for a while. Old in NFL years. He's my age. He's not old. <laughs> no, well, yeah. In, in, in NFL years, yeah, in he's NFL definitely years, old. In NFL years, he's like grandpa. I get it. I do. Oh, no. Yeah, but but yeah, he's, he, for NFL age, he's he's old. He's 36. He's already close to the end. And for him to be barely getting that first victory, you know, it kind of gets that monkey off his back. But he nearly blew it um, this past weekend. Um, you know, throwing two interceptions, the second one just being a terrible pass. Um, I do have Carolina winning this game because I really like their team, and I think Cam Newton is just so fiery. And I'll, I'll make this quick note. You know, there's a lot of people that complain about how Cam Newton and the Panthers celebrate, you know, and, and I really enjoy it. And these same people that are complaining are the same ones that are saying the NFL stands for No Fun League. Come on, you guys. Just just you know let loose stop being hypocrites enjoy what carolina's doing because they're a very special team and they're very enjoyable you know they're not trash talkers they just enjoy the game 
Now, I enjoyed them immensely. I enjoyed it, too, towards the end when Russell Wilson overthrew, um, I believe it was to Tyler Lockett, um, towards the end of the game. And then all of a sudden, Carolina started playing Macklemore songs. I was like, <laughs> that's the best troll move ever. Plus, their Twitter is fantastic. When they go after like the Atlanta Falcons, the two of them together, um, they are great teams to follow on Twitter because they really like they will use gifts. They will use um, they will trash talk each other like throughout the season. So I would follow those two teams, even if you're not fans of them just for the sheer enjoyment factor because it's hilarious and, and you know what I, I don't even follow them so I, that's something that i'm going to have to do because i have you know uh bleacher reports really good at re- reporting that stuff and they they it's just perfect trolling it's there's an art and, to it there's a true art to it yes yeah and i think carolina panthers have got it down and they're division rivals so it makes it that much more fun. Yeah, but seriously, when they played that Macklemore song, I was like, shut the front door. That is the best moment ever. I was like, they were waiting to do that. I know it. That or they could have played some future. That would have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were several options there. That's for sure. Yeah, but the Macklemore, that just sucked into the heart going, ha, 12, ha. I'm just kidding, Seattle. I do love you and I adore your team, but you guys are greedy. You know, you want them to go in the Super Bowl all the time. And it's like, no, this is care. I think, honestly, if Honey Badger were healthy and we would be able to play, then I would give the slight edge to Arizona. But because he's not there and given the fact that Cam Newton, I mean, that pass he did in the first half to Greg Olson in double coverage just shows you why he should be MVP. He's just so, so good. He's been in this high-pressure situation before at Auburn, so he's used to this kind of pressure. I feel like he's getting past the threshold. I feel like because he's playing at home, and because, you know, I, I feel like this last game against Seattle was a wake-up call. I don't think they're going to do that again. And they can't do it again against um, Arizona. Arizona will take advantage. I do think, as much as I love Larry Fitzgerald so, so much, I think it's going to be Carolina. So I think it's going to be – I'm hoping it's a Carolina um, Broncos Super Bowl. And the reason why is it's almost like Peyton Manning. It's like the Ultimate Warrior wrestling Hulk Hogan. Um, boy, you probably don't remember any of that because you're super young. But, you know, it was like the baton was passed. It, the same thing's happening here. I feel like, you know, we've got this kind of new generation of emerging quarterbacks hopefully coming through. Um, because, again, like I said, particularly for the AFC, when you look at that stat that it was, it's Brady, it's Manning, or it's Ben that have been in the mm. Super Bowls. I mean, that just shows you how important quarterback is in this league. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think the best quarterback to watch right now, the very young one, is uh, Derek Carr. That, Agreed. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That, that guy, you know, uh, playing the Chargers twice a year scares the pants out of me, off of me because he's so talented. He's His communication with Amari Cooper is just spot on. And... I feel like they're going to next year. As much as I hate to say it personally, but they they're just so good. Derek Carr is just growing every year and he's just so fun to watch. You you doesn't matter what helmet he's wearing. He just has so much talent. Not only that, but that guy on defense Khalil Mack, holy cow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's stud, absolute stud. Yeah, all pro in two positions. Two. Because he's that good. Like, you know who else is that good? J.J. Watt. He's like that level. Like, he's a game changer. And then he, you put him onto a defense, and automatically they're terrifying. So my husband is a Raiders fan, so this is why I know so much about them. So, <laughs> yes. 
I, I well, know. It, yeah, it, it must have been a decent year for him. You know, they did have they didn't get to make the playoffs, but it was a great growing experience for that organization. Yeah, I think honestly, too, the, uh, you know, it's interesting to see the Chargers. I was watching them carefully because I had Keenan Allen on a really important fantasy football team of mine. And when he got hurt, I was like, Ugh! and, you know, you guys, uh, it was like you guys are so close, so close, so close in so many games. What needs to happen for this organization to get their shit together? Because I'm, I'm just kind of going, you guys have some good pieces and parts. It just doesn't seem to click. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that need to go on. And the first thing is that offensive line. As long as Phillip Rivers is upright, that team can be so dominant. And that defense, um, they have struggled. They do have a lot of youth. There, you know, they have Jason Verrett, who got he he he's in the Pro Bowl this year. He's in his second year, and the dude has been one of the best corners in the league, hands down. You you can't even argue against that. And it's been just injuries and like Keenan Allen. When we lost Keenan Allen, it was just a heartbreaker because the dude was going to go off for who knows how many yards. He was going to be up there with. I wouldn't say up with Antonio Brown, but he was going to be top five for sure. And, you know, the running game, they they wouldn't use the running game to its full potential. Uh, Melvin Gordon has been very, very good. Uh, Danny Woodhead is just so reliable and in the clutch. You know, those third down conversions are so big for us. And, you know, when, when that O-line doesn't hold, it throws Phillip Rivers off and kills momentum and that's what's been one of the biggest problem is is uh that those momentum killers and that's why they were always so close but were never able to seal the deal and once it started happening early in the season you just kind of knew that this season was just going to be so long and you know with and it doesn't help you know with the rumors of them moving and everything you know it, it feeds it feeds down to the players it just doesn't affect the fans the players are affected by it you know uh it uh, throws them off because a lot of them have made their careers here in San Diego and their families are here in San Diego. So it, it's difficult. You know, it's L.A. is only two hours no- north of us, but two totally different city cities, uh, two very different atmospheres. So it's just this whole season has just been a huge mess. But we did get Ken Wisenhunt back and. He he doesn't have a good track his uh, track history as an uh, as a head coach, but when he was offensive coordinator with us a few years ago, that offense was just clicking so well, and they made the playoffs that year. So I think it was a great move to bring him back. I think so too. I think so too. All right. So if the gals and pals at Galpa Nation want to find out more about the AOSN, again, I'm t- retweeting your guys' stuff all the time, um, so they should already know you guys. But where should they go? Um. You know, Twitter is always good for us. Um, we're always tweeting our articles. Um, come visit us at theaosn.com. We're always updating our stuff. Um, we're mainly opinion and analysis, so we give a different twist to it because we're all amateur writers. We do it really for fun. So it's just uh, we also have a Facebook page uh, at facebook.com slash theaosn. So find us uh Find me on Twitter at the Real Satarain, and so you say it much better than I did. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's it's very very hard, um, but it's spelled just like Zatarain's New Orleans rice. So I guess if you want to say Zatarain, okay, be uh, fine with me. But 
when you give it that Latin flair, you know, Satarain, it just sounds a little bit better. Yeah, it does. No, no, it really does. It really does. And again, I appreciate all the support you guys give to Galpal Nation. And again, it was Alexandro that helped me get to my over a thousand Twitter followers. So thank you very much for that. Oh, yeah, no worries. I, I actually uh, got super excited for you when that happened. Uh, I was like, yes, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now we got to get like like 10,000 more. Um, real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to I got a amazing review on the podcast. Um, I do read them, guys, gals and pals. So if you haven't already, I'm going to leave an iTunes review. I do appreciate them very much. But I love this one. It goes, I'm one of those people who enjoys watching sports, but I'm not a fanatic. Ramona perfectly blends the world of sports, who, people who are crazy about sports and those who are just interested in it. She also expertly brings up seemingly unrelated topics and helps us all under realize, all realize that sports are really just a metaphor for life. So thank you. That just made my day to read that. I actually read that while my husband was in the hospital. I was like, well, it's nice to know I'm liked. Um, and it gave me a little bit of cheer during that time. So I just want to thank whoever wrote that. That was very, very kind. And again, you can um, review it um, if you go to iTunes. Um, I'm on there, Sports Gal Pal. And you can, you can look up the AOSN podcast as well. Are you on iTunes? Jet, have you gotten that yet? Not yet, but oh. I will be doing that. It's been a to. busy weekend. <laughs> you need to do that. That's important because it's the best podcasting search engine of all time, in my opinion. Um, but I'm an eye girl, so you know, <laughs> I, I'm definitely an Apple chick. So you know, I'm a little biased there. But yeah, again, <laughs> definitely check out the AOS. And I love these guys; they are fantastic. And yes, as soon as my schedule clears up, you can get some regular columns from me. Um, we'll work something out. So yes, and again, it's Alexandra's. Zatarine, I did it. Yay. There you go. There I go. It's still not as exotic as the way you, uh, you pronounce it. So again, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. And I really look forward to keeping this uh, partnership up. And I thank you for all the retweets. You know, you've been a huge supporter for us too. And this, uh, this, net this networking uh, has been just amazing for, for our group too. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.